Hey guys, this is your host Odinaka, and you are now listening to Section OD. Child, it's been an interesting year. <laughs> um, welcome back. It's Odie, of course. And for this last and kind of final episode of the first season of Section OD, I decided I wanted to go ahead and actually record it video so you guys can visually see me. So for the ones watching, hey, and for the ones listening, as usual. Um, and also, I wanted to take the time to kind of make this like a recap episode for this year. So yeah, just go ahead and just get into it all. I have a list of things I want to cover, some new things I want to present to y'all. Because not only am I recording this just to have a new thing that I'm doing and showing and all of that. I also wanted to kind of introduce some new things to you guys as well in regards to Section OD and what Season 2 entails. So, yeah. So, I did have a couple of, like, segments and things that I kind of previewed on my Instagram. And we'll get into that later. But I wanted to kind of start this episode on a high and then maybe a low and then back to a high. So just to kind of kick things off, I want to get into some of the people we lost this year, some of the controversies we kind of faced this year within this fashion space. And yeah, so just to go ahead and just jump right into it, I'm going to knock the controversies out the way because I don't want this episode to be too much about all the bad that happened in the industry and more about the fun the the new, the old. Um, but I did want to go ahead and just kind of have a discussion about, you know, Balenciaga, not too much Kanye, because I really don't care about that man no more. But more so the Balenciaga controversies, the Mew Mew miniskirt controversies, like the little things that we kind of had actual conversations about within this industry. So, yeah. And just to kind of hop on that, I personally, for me, when it comes to the Balenciaga controversy, I don't want to dive too, 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 too deep into it. I do think it's something that we should all be taking seriously um, because that level of corruption is just, it's nasty. (laughs) It's nasty. Like, it's nasty. Um, And I'm glad that we're in a day and age where we're able to see it put action into figuring out how to go about it and then, you know, do something about it. So I'm not saying for you to go cut up your Balenciaga bag because at the end of the day, it's still your hard earned money that you put in. But if you feel as though that's what you need to do, then do it. But going forward, I feel like if you are putting your money into or you're investing into Balenciaga, I do think that it does says something about you as a person. Um, Until I feel like that house decides to actually fix what all is going on and entails i think we should all be holding our coins to ourselves <laughs> like put it in your pocket invest it into another brand another house another business um and yeah that's just what i really have to say about that um and yeah and it, i don't blame the people tucking tucking their logos <laughs> You know, putting throwing their Balenciaga in the back of the closet, and even to say the same with um, Kanye. Honestly, Kanye, when it comes down to what all Kanye said, not gonna hold. I'm not even joking when I say 
go ahead and just resell it. Like, go ahead and resell it. And and for the future of Balenciaga, I do hope that they, you know, eventually find a new creative director. I love Demna in the sense of what he's doing. But how many times are we going to continue to spread the message that you don't like the rich? We get it. Majority of us don't. Um, but like, like we get it, we get it. And he, he has to be held accountable too. So, and honestly, I think Balenciaga at this point needs a new look. I think it's, it's, I think it's exactly what happened with Daniel at Bottega. We get it. You love the green. You love this. You love that. But we want something new. We want a new look. We want something to be excited to purchase. Cause I think that's also what's happening in fashion is that a lot of people are getting bored. They don't really want to spend their money anymore because there's nothing interesting to talk about or to even invest in. So yeah, I think people are just getting super, super bored with everything that's being put out right now. And just to be funny, like <laughs> I remember the girls were trying to eat me up about them cargo bags. They're not the cutest looking bag. And now you're on a frenzy trying to resell it. Sorry, not sorry. Like, I don't feel bad for y'all. Like, y'all could have purchased anything else from that catalog from any season or any hype item from Balenciaga. And it had to be that cargo bag, specifically the shoulder bag. Like, it had to be that one. Like, y'all could have picked something else. Please, I'm not adjusting this crowd. Like, please, please, please pick something else. But anyways, on to the next one. Um, I did want to talk about the Mew Mew um, skirt debacle, like the whole pass around the traveling mini skirt and um, also the conversation of size inclusivity because we ended up finding out that, you know, basically that skirt when it was worn on Paloma, I believe was it for Vogue? I have to find the cover again. But when she wore it for one of her covers this year, it was actually a, a custom skirt. Like, I think they put, like, multiple skirts to make the size needed to fit her. And also that, you know, the skirt wasn't really available for plus-size people to really wear. Paloma is, I think, around the same size as me. I, I want to say she's between a 12, 14. Um, but we have different proportions, of course, so it's going to look different on our bodies. Um, but it did bring a really interesting conversation and how certain brands chose to react to that conversation, yeah, conversation said a lot. Um, when I think of, uh, is it Chopa, Chopa, I'm going to put the name somewhere in here. I want to say it's Chopa Prova. I can't pronounce it correctly. They took that conversation of the lack of size inclusivity when we talk about certain macro and micro trends, fashion trends that we saw this year. And they really did something about that. And it was so beautiful to see. I I think it was recently they did this. It was around, I think I want to say Black Friday, within the last couple of weeks, they basically made a video basically showing their skirts in its different variations from mini to long to all of that being put on different body sizes and body types. Like I think it goes up to, I want to say 5X, 6X, which says a lot because a lot of brands can't even go past a 3X. Um, and it just opened up the conversation that fashion really is for everybody and no one should be left out of the conversation. And that's what Mew Mew failed to do. Instead, they thought, okay, we can just make shift something for one person, but you're not doing that for everybody. So 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, to be honest with y'all, that skirt wasn't really that cute. So I think it was okay that we missed that. And it's it's really good that Chopra decided to step in and do something about it. Because to be honest, like we could have skipped out. Like it's a, like a micro skirt. We could even talk about the diesel skirt too, but that wasn't the most functional skirt. And yeah, <laughs> it just wasn't the most functional skirt. And it's okay. Um, and just to be funny, just to have something that's controversial and funny to talk about, I did want to talk about the whole Dior Valentino lawsuit thing that happened like over the summertime where basically um, Valentino had a show. I think it was their resort show that they were showcased around that time that was held in Spain, I think on the Spain or Spanish steps in child. Let me. I want to say it was somewhere on my phone. Was it in Rome? It was somewhere in Europe. Let's let's just say that. It was somewhere in Europe. And their flagship store um, was within... I think the the stairs have a connecting way to the Dior entrance for the flagship store. And Dior took that as a, oh, y'all trying to block business. Okay, cool. We're going to hit you with a lawsuit because y'all going to have to pay for that because... Dior said, how are y'all going to host a show and we got money to make? Please pick somewhere else. They were so upset and I thought it was hilarious. I remember seeing it on TikTok and I thought it was so funny because like, <laughs> of all things for y'all to be battling about, it was that like, and to be honest with you, I'm not mad at Dior because I know they were tired of seeing all that pink. I know they were tired of seeing all that pink. It's okay. We get it. I get it. You know, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, y'all, that's, that's that for the controversies. And <laughs> there was a lot more that happened, but honestly, it was so minuscule. Like the best example I can give y'all is like the whole influencers at, um, New York fashion week. <sighs> there was so many more important things to talk about. Like the best, like the best thing that happened during the fall New York fashion week season was seeing like a tremendous, I think the record-breaking amount of Black-owned fashion brands and designers showcasing during that time. And everybody wanted to spend their time talking about influencers, people who they felt should or shouldn't be there being that New York Fashion Week. Who cares? Like, can we push past the fact that this is marketing? This is how that works? Like, this is like, once we understand, like, why certain people are in certain places and how marketing works, I feel like we can have more meaningful conversations. Because influencers are not going anywhere. If anything, they just get rebranded every couple of decades. Like, there was so much more important things to talk about than them being there. Like, I really wish the conversation would have shifted to the fact that, you know, there was history being made at that time period. But, you know, y'all know how things go. Y'all know how things work. It's, it's whatever. I, I guess it's, I guess it's whatever until something else comes about. But I will say in regards to the the designers being at New York Fashion Week, it was just for me, I actually made a video on TikTok about this and I just thought it was the most, I don't know, it's just, I love seeing things like that unveil. Um, in this time period, it kind of gives me hope for just a lot of things in the near future. And because um, to be honest with y'all, going into this up and coming Fashion Week and then the next, you know, fall Fashion Week in New York, I'm really hoping to see so many more designers and I feel like it's going to be even even more inspiring for these designers to feel like they have not only the space to create, but just like a reason to create now. Because I feel like a lot of the times like 
when we think about, you know, black fashion and black fashion designers, like we just kind of box them out in a certain way. And it can be very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Very like uninspiring. And I feel like with so many, you know, new faces, new designers, new things coming into the market, it's just going to be so much more. I feel like, honestly, the conversation I've been seeing lately is that people feel like there's nothing exciting happening in fashion or nothing from a consumer standpoint, nothing exciting to be purchasing. I feel like this is going to bring the excitement back and wanting to shop again, Um, because especially as I look at, you know, certain brands it's funny it's one of the brands we're going to actually talk about in this episode because i have a certain segment for it it's like they just need the buzz once you get the buzz you kind of have it all and um seeing certain like designs and certain brands and certain pieces just makes me excited for what's to come and yeah i just i just wish the conversation was more about that but you, you know you can only control how the media moves and how it goes um so we shall see. And just to kind of close out this very, I guess, low part of this episode, um, I do want to kind of give a commemoration to all of the icons we kind of lost this year. Um, and just from, it's not going to go from uh, most important to least important, but I am covering them in a certain way. Um, and I'm picking three, the ones I feel like that were the most impactful to me, as someone who views fashion in a certain way, and I do have to say, losing Andre Leontali, Thierry Mugler, and Issey Miyake had to be the most impactful, not only to me, but to others. And, okay, just, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into um, Thierry. Thierry was the one that was like, like, damn, like, damn, what? Thierry, like, it was, and it kind of felt like it was back to back, because I'm pretty sure Thierry passed away maybe a couple weeks or a couple months after Andre. And um, I feel like in this, you know, within this decade that we're in, I feel like there's a new set of people relearning Mugler um, because there's still a lot of confusion between Thierry Mugler and, you know, um, Cads Mugler, who's the new creative director for uh, Mugler. And um, it was just really sad just to start off the year losing so many important people in this industry. It's kind of, it kind of felt like, I feel like it's also why there was so much, you know, it just felt like, a lot, I felt like a lot of things were just lost in the sauce when it came to what was being put out in the media because we didn't have these people anymore. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, losing Terry was, was very, you know, kind of felt it. I feel like if you really, 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 enjoy fashion you felt that and Andre Andre's another one I had to cover in in, in his own but losing Terry was just like you, you felt it. it you felt it Issei too I feel like um it's funny I have a little bit of like a history les- lesson for this one for um Issei I didn't realize that um I, I just recently actually learned about Issei's Issei's uh, 1976 collection, spring summer collection that he hosted in Japan that was titled Issei Miyake and the 12 Black Girls. And um, this was also around the time where Andre, as an editor, as a enthusiast, as an icon himself, was viewing fashion in a way that, you know, 
we see more commonly now, but at the time it was very controversial to have a lot of black models on the runway. And Issei took that time to say, I don't care. This is what I want. This is what I want to see. <laughs> this is what I want to see. <laughs> um, and he hosted that show. And to have that many black women in Tokyo, uh, yeah, in Tokyo says a lot, like, because you already don't see all of them in Europe, we don't really see a lot at, at that time period. You didn't see a lot of them in Europe. We didn't see a lot of them in um, in, the, in the United States. And to have more than one black model on your runway, <laughs> that says a lot. Like you know, like because it was seen as a taboo to have anything darker than white. To be honest, it it really was. And for him to have a show that was full of only um, black women was very astounding. And it also spoke to him as a designer because Grace Jones was in that show. And she says that that show specifically kind of rocketed, rocketed her as a model and her career. And that's where she also kind of built a close relationship with Issei as well. And just to learn that was just really interesting. Also through the lens of Grace, because she had the way she kind of had her send off or her kind of, I guess, her closing moment with Issei after his passing was just beautiful, too. And I encourage anyone everyone to go and look into it. I want to say it's on her Instagram page and I want to say she wrote it specifically on her website or for a specific um, magazine. I, I don't know, but I remember reading it at the time when it came out. Um, but yeah, like just seeing that relationship she had with him and how that kind of, they kind of fed off of each other creatively and, you know, it blossomed into great things for them individually. So it was it was really great to to kind of take that moment and just read about it, learn about it, and even dive into it. I, I hate that I had to learn about it after his passing, but a lot of times we don't really get to know a lot of these icons and people that hold so much value within this world until they pass. And it's it's, it's sad, but that's just the sad reality of things. Um, but yeah, and just to cover Andre... Andre was just, I think for me, it was less about his passing and more about how he left and also how it could have been prevented. And the people that sat and said they had the utmost respect for him, they adored him, so-and-so, didn't do all that they needed to do to make sure that he was okay. I remember, and this is also kind of sad too, I remember watching his documentary that's on HBO. It's I think it's a self-documentary that he recorded. And he, you know, he was talking about his health. And this is like, I think this was made in 2016, 2017. He was talking about his health and, you know, he was making some improvements. But to find out that, you know, in his last days that he wasn't doing well financially or, um, you know, health-wise, physically, it's just sad, especially when he knew people in the industry that could help him. And I think, yes, could he have asked? Yes. But I also felt like maybe he just didn't feel comfortable to, or he probably felt like it was too much. And it made me sit and reflect on myself personally and you know, where I've always, I feel like that's very common amongst, you know, a lot of black people where we just kind of have a hard time asking for help because we don't want it to feel like either a handout or we don't want it to feel like, 
you know, we have a, okay, we have a bad, a lot of times I feel like some of us have a bad association with help. And I think that's probably what it was for him. And his send off was also telling in that way too, because like there could have been more done, there could have been more that could have been done um, within those times. And it was just really just sad to see like Vogue could have done a lot more like Vogue. I feel like honestly Vogue wouldn't be where Vogue America at least wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for Andre. And, you know, um, there just, there just really should have been a lot that should have been done more in his passing in his name. And, um, I just hope within the next couple of years, it's his name is able to carry on. And there's at least something left of his legacy for us to, for us to be remembered by, because the same way, you know, Terry was honored with, you know, his exhibition at the Brooklyn Museum. I would love to see something similar to that for Andre, like an exhibition, a documentary that actually does a deep dive, just something, something that we can hold on for history purposes. Like I remember being in college and we had to watch a lot of these documentaries. And this is how I ended up finding out a lot about a lot of people in the industry. And I would love to see something like that, you know, in the next, you know, five, 10 years being something that's required for, you know, students within the fashion realm to learn and to watch and view. So, um, rest in peace, Andre. Um, I, I really do hope, you know, everyone within this industry is able to carry out his name in the way it's supposed to. Um, yeah, this, it was just, it was, it was sad. I still feel very sad about it. And I just, I just want more. (laughs) I think it's a, it's a telling sign of what I want more for the industry and for people, for black people within the fashion industry. Um, so yeah. Okay. Now that we have the heavy stuff out of the way, I wanted to actually get into one of the games slash segments that I want to introduce into season two of Section OD. And I think I'm just going to go ahead and just call it, who's taking it? (laughs) Who's taking it? So if you haven't seen that meme that kind of went viral on Twitter of Monique, I think, what was, I forgot what the show was called, but... When she she's like literally writing on the textbook, she's like, oh, she's taking it. That's kind of where it came from. And then I turned it into something I did on my Instagram stories. And then I might, I was like, you know what? Might as well. Might as well just make it into something I do my podcast. So I decided to ask you guys on my Instagram stories a series of questions. Um, there was no actual context to it other than the fact that like it had a topic or whatever. And so what I'm going to do is... Um, I'm going to go through each, it's four of them. I'm going to go through each of those questions and give you guys the results from it all and who kind of won what, and then kind of give you guys my opinion on, you know, the result or what I felt like should have been, or what I thought should have been one, what, what, what child, what won the topic. Um, so yeah, so who's taking it? Who's taking it? Let me go ahead and pull the the pull up on from my archive. Um, I think I literally did this like a week ago. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? There we go. So the first one I asked you guys, what, what was the most, which brand was the most memorable um, or had the most memorable fashion moments this year. And it was between Loewe, Scaparelli, Jack Moose, 
and Valentino, and you guys voted Loewe. Um, first of all, that lets me know that you guys actually kind of pay attention to fashion to a certain magnitude because, but then again, that also kind of makes me understand that Loewe did a good job of captivating, um, captivating a large amount of people in a really, really good way because Loewe used to be really niche. Um, like, yeah, pretty much. It was like five, seven years ago. Like if you saw those Paula Ibiza glasses, you didn't know where they came from, but you just saw cool people wearing those glasses. And now you see everybody wearing, you know, the glasses from the inflated collection. Um, and it just speaks to, it really just speaks to, you know, the masses. Like I really thought you guys would have voted Valentino to be honest, because like, you know, we saw, we saw the Valentino pink everywhere, <laughs> child, everywhere, like hang it up, flat screen. I'm going to take the jacket off real quick. But yeah, like, I feel like we saw Valentino literally. Ooh. I'm struggling, child. Actually, let me put this down real quick. That did not need to be harder than it was. But anyways, um, yeah, I feel like we saw the Valentino pink literally everywhere. And I would have thought you guys would have voted that, but I guess not. You guys were actually paying attention to Louisville. So for my personal choice, I felt like Scaparelli kind of did it for me. uh, Scaparelli isn't niche, but it is, in a sense, like old money I I guess you could say that I guess I guess I don't know I don't want to really say that but I would have thought that Scaparelli would have done it for y'all a little bit more just because I felt like they really did a lot when it came to Couture Week um Daniel was just doing a great job regardless at the house and um yeah but I also feel like to the point Loewe deserved its you know its win um they did make or they did have moments that really captured the masses when it came to accessories, when it came to ready to wear. I feel like if anything, they definitely captivated the masses with accessories, but they did it just I think they did a good job overall. Um, so I agree with you guys' vote, but I honestly thought it would have been Scaparelli. Um, so, yeah. So for the next one, I asked you guys who had the best uh, rebrand slash who was a good consumer favorite. And it was between Coach, Uggs, and Crocs. Um, I, somebody had mentioned to me um, to put New Balance on that list. But to be fair, did New Balance have a good rebrand or did they just make the right collaborations? I feel like, honestly, New Balance just did a good job with collaborating with the right people between um, Joe Fresh Goods um, Amy Leon Dore, of course, we know, and then also just honing in on their classics, um, which would be, was it, is it the 550s? Child, it's been a minute. I haven't owned a pair. Well, I do own a pair now, but I haven't owned a pair of like classic styles in a minute. But they just did a really good job of just um, focusing on honing in on their their classics and then collaborating with the right people. Because I, to me personally, I prefer the Joe Fresh Goods collaboration over the Amy Leon door just because I felt like Joe Fresh Goods really does a good job at putting his own style on footwear, but also like making sure that pieces are still fun and wearable to everyone and, and very much unisex. Amy Leon Dord has a clean, classic, you know, kind of Ralph Lauren feel look to it that, you know, you could dress it up, dress it down. I think that's why a lot of men were really attracted to the brand in general. But anyways, that's besides the point. That's not what we were what we were talking about. But um, so you guys voted Coach 
not gonna hold y'all it was kind of predictable <laughs> um coach was really really predictable I'm not gonna hold y'all I knew I just knew it I just I just knew it I knew y'all was gonna vote coach even though I felt like coach didn't do it for me personally and it's funny I have, actually have my Uggs on for those watching <laughs> I don't know which ones these are I just know they're men's and they're like what do you call it they're um slip-ons I wear them in the house but honestly I feel like Uggs did it for me personally I feel like Uggs did it for me but at the same time I understand why y'all feel like coach did it better because to be honest with y'all we were not wearing those coach bags who was wearing those <laughs> who was wearing those C's nobody because and I'm glad if anything I'm kind of glad that coach did a good job of taking their C and reworking how they they were going to do it because like we weren't wearing those like bags that pretty much kind of look like the Dooney and Burke bags that our mothers and grandmothers carry and there's there's no problem with that I just want to say that like there's no we're not bringing ageism into it because like everyone's wearing coach your grandma's wearing coach your auntie's wearing coach I probably am wearing coach yeah but um because I think what got y'all was the tabby bags the tabby bags had y'all in the hole. even though I feel like the baguettes and the shoulder bags ate a lot more High key, what I wanted to put on this list with Kate Spade, but I felt like Kate Spade had a couple moments. I didn't think it had a full rebrand. Um, Coach had a full rebrand because for what the last, yeah, the last 10 years, well, yeah, the last 10 years, nobody was wearing that. <laughs> I also think Crocs was up there. Actually, Crocs was second on the list. It was it was second to, second to first. And um, I also feel like Crocs is also on the same spectrum as Amy um, as New Balance, where it's like they didn't really rebrand. They just had one celebrity. I feel like what it was is they had one celebrity slash influencer wearing their stuff, and it kind of convinced everybody to wear Crocs. And then they made the right, you know, collaborations with certain people. Specifically, as we all know, the Salehi Bimberi. Even though them damn Crocs is hard as hell to get, so hard to get. Like I don't understand it. Like. I don't know how, I feel like at this point, if you do have a pair of Salehi Bimberry Crocs, they're most likely from DHG, and it's no, there's nothing wrong with that, all power to it, because to be honest with y'all, it's fair game at this point, because it was so hard to get those Crocs, like, why was it so hard to get them, like, I, I'm, I literally remember the first drop, it was around this time last year, and um, it's like, it, it felt like he only put like 100 on the site, and 50 of them went to his friends, so who all got the Crocs? It's like, America, who all got the Crocs? I rarely even see them in real life. I only know one person who has them. That's my best friend. And she knew somebody was able to get her the Crocs. So it was just like, that was the only time I was able to actually see those Crocs. But y'all, let's move on. Um, Next question I asked y'all was, what was your favorite Black-owned brand? And I feel like I should have worded this better um, because um, I really was trying to say, who do you feel like you saw the most from Black-owned-wise that was like still fairly new? Because I didn't want to put Telfar. I didn't want to put Hanifa. We all should, at this point, know Telfar, Hanifa, Brandon Blackwood. Actually, no, actually, I take that back because I put Brandon Blackwood. <laughs> I put Brandon Blackwood on the poll. Um, we know those, those are household Black-owned brands at this point. I wanted to kind of highlight uh, like the brands I felt like were getting their dues this year because Hanifa, Telfar, et cetera, have had their, their dues in the last couple of years and they're still continuing to have that or their moments. Um, so I put uh, Essentials slash Fear of God, Kai Collective and Brandon Blackwood and you guys voted Kai Collective 
We love to see it. Y'all know I look, for me personally, I'm always going to put my f- coins, my foot in the door for a black woman on brand. And I agree with y'all. To be honest with y'all, I really thoroughly agree with y'all. Kai Collective had their moment. I want to say they had a rebrand. No, I don't think they did. They didn't have a rebrand. I think what it was is they, they, they took a step back and then came back and bust the doors down. Because if you didn't see one of the dolls in the Kai Collective scarf, like... What? Like, cause I had the Kai Collector scarf on. My sisters had the Kai Collector scarf on. Like, the girls was eating in that scarf. Like, don't play with me. Like, don't play with me. Like, Kai was eating with that print. Like, I think that's what it is. I think it's the fact that she has something, a staple that people can always look at and be like, okay, we know that's Kai Collective. Like, girl, we know you got that Kai on. Like, I love that. I love when a brand has something that's memorable and people can look at it and see like, okay, yeah, no, we know you're wearing that brand. Like, you know how we see, you know, Louis Vuitton with their, with their brand. We see Gucci with the G's. We see Chanel with the double CC's. Like we have something memorable for a lot of our, you know, favorite black owned brands now. Um, Essentials, fair God, I feel like it held a, a strong market for people who are really, really into streetwear. So that's why I put it on there. Um, and I really enjoy where they're going because um i remember i think the couple of times before i actually started like living here in new york um where I, when i would visit i, I was I, one thing i love going to do is going to the nordstrom's when i come to new york or when i'm in new york or just whenever and uh i think it was this is probably recently actually i went to nordstrom's and i noticed that they had a whole section just dedicated to um essentials um which is own which is an extension to fear of god and I was like, oh, I love to see it. Because, like, they had skims in the car, and I was like, okay, not too much. But it was just walking up the stairs, and you just see that big old, like, um, end cap of just fear of God. And that's initially why I put it on there. And I just felt like a lot of people who were purchasing Black-owned were purchasing Essentials. Because it was just, it felt like, it was like the, like, if we're going to say something is, like, uh, male female it was the the male skims in a sense even though they do make unisex clothing um but yeah and then brandon blackwood i think brandon blackwood has been in technically in the mix with you know telfar and hanifa but i still feel like they had a good strong year in regards to um them making having so many really really cool things that they're dropping and coming out with especially this last drop their fall drop oof there's still so many things on that came out from that drop that are literally on my wish list, but you know, in due time. But I still feel like they're within those leagues. So to be honest, I understand why it wasn't voted the most high in that poll because like they're always going to have a moment. They're always going to captivate people in a way that we love. And and yeah. So last one that I asked you guys was. Um, what niche brand do you think got the most uh, media recognition? And on the list was Caperni, Marnie, and Kim Shui. And of course, Marnie won in this category. To be honest with y'all, I feel like Marnie won because Marnie is just good in the hood. Like once you're good in the hood, you good. You're good for good. Like you know, um, everybody was wearing Marnie. Everybody was Marnie wearing Marnie. Wasn't there a whole song? It was like Marnie on Marnie. Like, literally, Marnie, Mar- it was it was Marnie's year. Even though I feel like technically, 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 Marnie is a niche. Marnie is, it's not an old, it's not an old house. They, they're actually, they're pretty much around the same age I am. Because Marnie was founded in 94. Um, but one thing I will say about Marnie, I think what's doing it for them is that they haven't made any changes. And they're just like, you know, we're going to stick to the plan. 
and we're just going to keep going. And they're doing great. Um, the accessories are accessorizing. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's really what it is. I think once you have a really strong accessory, you kind of cultivated the masses and you've made attention. I think that's how they were able to get the recognition that they deserve. Caperni had a good year in the sense of like, you know, that we saw, you know, the, you know, uh, was it Bella? Yeah. Bella Hadid during over the spring, summer. Yeah. For the spring, summer collection or show. And, you know, we saw the spray on dress and, in general, they just captivated people with accessories again with the swipe bags. Um, but yeah, they I think they've done had a good balance between accessories and ready to wear as well. Um, and then I've also put Kim Shui just because I feel like Kim Shui is probably the most niche on the list. I still feel like they're growing, but I still do think that they're doing a really, really good job of binding tech, you know, as we're going into web three, all these other cool things into fashion. And also honing in the owner, you know, she's Asian, so she's honing in on her culture too as she's doing so. So, and honestly, y'all, I think I've, y'all seen me wear this dress probably, well, I've worn it, but not outside the house. But you see me wear it in video so many times. I love that dress to death. It was actually like a, a birthday gift, and it was um, one of my birthday dresses from the previous year. And y'all, she that dress is gonna do it for me every single time. Like it just it just does it for me every single time. But um, but yeah, I I think Kim Shui is is still very much on this way. I saw a TikTok recently of a girl saying like you know she was Asian as well. She's like we need to protect Kim Shui. We need to give her 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 dues and as as y'all should. Um, I was gonna add another category or another couple of polls, but honestly, I just decided you know what. I'm just going to dedicate it to the show because, like, to be honest with y'all, what would Section ODB if I didn't sit and talk about Black women-owned brands? So I'm going to take my the time to highlight in two, two different categories um, my favorite, my personal favorite Black-owned brands and also Black women-owned brands and also um, some Black women-owned brands that I feel like should have their moment should get the recognition that they deserve in 2023. Um, and I've, so I actually want to take time to just answer this question because I've been asked, um, why do I specifically only talk about black women owned brands instead of just black owned brands as a whole? I do talk about black owned brands as a whole, but I, it's just something about black women. As y'all can see, I am a, a black woman. And what we're putting out in the market, and I just feel as though we're just not getting the recognition, um, as most of us do or don't know, um, black women are the least funded within the fashion space, within you know the business space in general. And as someone who has had my attempts in um, business, I just think everyone just wants their moment. And it just takes that one thing, that one video, maybe even that one person just to give you that one moment. And that's really just why I strive and I always kind of push forward for black women on brands. So with that being said, um, to highlight, I'm going to give it only three. My top three favorite black women on brands this year. First goes off to Equator Label. Y'all know. <laughs> I feel like if you didn't buy anything from the Equator Label this year, I didn't influence you. Let's be so for real. Like, because I feel like majority, hold on, I just want to readjust myself. I feel like majority of my content 
on my socials was around the Ekator label. It really felt like a bias. And yeah, 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 it was. And I, I'm not mad at it. I'm really not mad at it. Um, I I think it was it was deserved. It's I, I do I will say I do know the brand the owner of the brand personally. We built a relationship because of the fact that I really <laughs> love her pieces and I enjoy her brand. But to be honest with y'all, I love a brand that's constantly pushing the button. I love a brand that's constantly putting things out in the market that don't feel oversaturated in a sense or don't feel like it's like forced. It just it just comes easy to her as a designer. And I just love the brand as a whole. So it's always going to be a favorite of mine. And it's always just going to get its recognition and its dues on my platform and on my page. Um, second goes to Tyler Morgan Studios. It's so funny. I think I actually talked about her as well. Hey, yeah, I did. I did. I talked about her on my, um, my TikTok as well. And I actually met her through the owner through uh, TikTok. And I always just kind of watched her as a designer she was developing and like I said it always just takes that one accessory that one thing to kind of push the envelope for to get to get you out there and get that recognition and she's getting her dues with that with the puffer circle bag I still need to get my own I know she's dropping a yellow one and y'all know me like yellow's my whole brand like I'm not wearing yellow right now don't ask me why I think I might be mourning something or I don't, I don't know besides the point um I definitely want the yellow one. I definitely want the black one. Um, I know she actually did experiment with other fabrics and colors and stuff. So, and she's also just experimenting in general with other, you know, silhouettes and stuff like that. So she's there up there on my list. And I'm just so happy to see someone I saw, you know, kind of pretty much grow from one platform to another. So, yeah. And then to kind of end my top three on top three, um, Aura by Jewel. Um, this is a jewelry brand and she hand makes every piece. And I love, I just really, 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 really love handmade pieces. This is something about like someone putting literally like their, the whole fingers into something that just always does it for me. Like, I think that's also why I'm so big on like, you know, also get buying from a lot of, uh, smaller brands is because they're really putting their, their hard earned time into these pieces. So it's only right that us as the consumers put in our hard earned money for it as well. And, um, she's also just really designing really, really, really cool, um, jewelry. I'm not the biggest earring person, mostly because I just feel like I just, I feel like when I started cutting my hair, I just didn't really care for it. But seeing her brands like knock, I kind of, I kind of want a little something, especially the, let me find out what the name of those earrings are. There will be pictures for those who are viewing for everything I've been saying, there is pictures for everything. So, um, but there, let me put it that. Aura by Jewel. What is that earring called? Okay, the the earrings are called prototypes, and they come in different colors and different finishes. And I feel like if you live in New York and you're a black girl, you saw the girls out with a prototype earring over the summer in the spring. I was telling the girl as well that owns the Aura by Jewel that she really had the earrings of the summer. And to be honest with y'all, I'm, y'all better run it back again next year. I want to see everybody in her earrings again. Um, she also has like newer um, pieces that she's made within her you know collections. And for me, it's the, um, the hoop, the, I think it's called, it's called, ah, it's called Backbone. They're called Backbone Volume 2. And they're also another really, really cool design of hers. They're all, I think they're all, I believe they're all made by clay 
Yes, they're they're. I believe they're all no. Is it clay or ceramic? I'll have to find that out more. But the titles as well for these brands are also on the screen for those who are watching. Um, but yeah, that's Aura by Jewel, and yeah, that's my top three. And let's for the brands I want to see, um, kind of blossom and have their moment. And these are, I feel like these are more ready to wear, ready to wear more than anything. Um, starting off with Tofe, is that how you pronounce it? No, Tofe, Tofe. I, I know this. The person that owns this brand, I'm pretty sure she's African because Tofe sounds, Tofe sounds Nigerian. It sounds, it sounds West African in general. It just sounds West African. Um, she recently came out with a collection, and I was literally obsessing with, obsessing over it the other night. Um, and the collection is called Rico. Um, it literally just dropped today. Yeah. Cause today's the 26th. Yeah. Today's, well, I'm saying today is in today's the 26th of December. And I was looking at this collection. And I was, I was saying to myself, I was like, the girls just don't be knowing. They just really don't be knowing. Cause like, I'm looking at these pieces. I'm like, yo, these are fire. Like, and for those, like, I'm really encouraging y'all to watch um, this podcast episode as well because, like, I'm putting these things on the screen. Um, she hasn't posted everything, but I already went and looked on her website to see what she has. And, y'all, this collection is just sick. Like, what? There's one specific dress. I'm trying to pull it up. It's called Low. Uh, I will die for this dress. So a lot of people don't know, but purple is actually like my favorite color. And then um, yellow is my complementary color slash secondary color. I feel like everyone should have a favorite color and then their complementary color to their favorite color. And that's what yellow is. I tend to wear yellow a lot more. I don't wear purple as much. But as of recently, I've been in the mood to be purchasing more purple things, especially after I purchased those Steve Madden boots. I'm like, yeah, I want more purple in my closet. But um, yes, this low dress is a beautiful, beautiful, vibrant royal purple with a um ostrich i want to say it's ostrich just because of how it's like it's draping on this dress i want to say it's an ostrich ostrich trim can i talk um (laughs) uh and the way the sleeves are done are so beautiful i kind of a part of me kind of wants a small tidbit of that ostrich trim on the sleeves with the same opening but a part of me is just like you know, you sometimes you just gotta trust the designer and what they're doing, and just let them design and, and let their their thing exist. And either way, I still love it. I think it's a very functional piece that's gonna work for anybody throughout any season, really, because it's sheer. So you can, of course, just throw a coat on top, but it's also like because it's sheer, you can wear it in the summertime and not feel like you're gonna be hot. But um, it's just a beautiful gown. And just to get into another couple of pieces from this new collection um Kavita I hope I hope I'm saying this correctly I, I want to say it's Kavita Kavita child I tried um but yeah the Kavita um lime green bandeau gathered dress with a lace lining Ugh. Just beautiful gowns, you know? <laughs> just a really beautiful dress. Me personally, I probably wouldn't wear this as a miniskirt just because my the way my proportions are, 
I would personally wear this as a top and then probably wear like a really nice pair of trousers on, on, at the bottom. Like honestly, personally, I probably would try to find a really nice vibrant like purple slacks to wear underneath this. Or, you know, you could even just, you know, um, actually, yeah, honestly, for me personally, this from a personal style standpoint, I would wear this with, with slacks. Um, or if it is long enough, just wear it as it is because it is a beautiful way to a beautiful take on a mini dress um mini slash tube dress but yeah I just love I love the draping I love that added um that added piece of like lace at the bottom I love that little knot on the side it's just it's just really beautiful like just a beautiful dress and the last one and this also on like like I've already added these items items to um like a wish list because I actually like just collect things you know whether I wear them or not um Where's this last one? I was going to talk about um, the Sia and the Isa dress. I, okay, I'm going to quickly talk about those ones because they remind me of, you know, the early, you know, Y2K. The part of Y2K, I feel like people still haven't touched yet, but I feel like we're probably going to get into that a lot in, in 2023. But y'all remember, like, back in the day when the girls would wear, like, you know, basically it's like a mini dress with, like, a lot of draping in the front. That's what this dress is. A lot of draping in the front. It's backless. That's what this reminds me of. It reminds me of, like which music video which music video it's beyonce it's not crazy in love is it freakum dress it might be freakum dress i think it's freakum dress yes it reminds me of what like similar things like beyonce would wear in her early you know y2 y2k you know music videos and i'm i'm loving it it's not for me but i definitely would love to see a lot of people wearing it um just because i feel like the draping is beautiful it, it it's just very reminiscent of that time period and you know how we're getting back to it but we're still making it our own um but the dress i did want to get into was tinka or, or it's either tinka or tinka um just because it has its um uh its abbreviations and stuff in it um another beautiful dress this is something i would i personally would wear for um new year's i just love the material it's little peaks of you know skin um, I love the draping of, of not the draping, sorry, the hemming of the bottom of the skirt or just how it's like designed. I love, I love that pointy look. It kind of like, for me, as someone who is a little bit more curvier, it kind of just brings in your body a certain way. And black is already, as we've already, we already know, is probably one of the more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not slimming. Um, the, one of the more flattering colors on every, um, skin tone and body type and I love how, you know, this just, this just looks in general. I just, I, I would love to wear this as a New Year's dress. I think this would be a cute, the, the girls love a good birthday dress, vacay dress, you know, anything. Just, I just think it's just something good to own in your closet because you can also, there's so many ways you can wear this too. Like you can, you can easily tuck this in and make this just a top. You can easily, you know, fold it a certain way. You can still put, you know, pants at the bottom of this, like, I'm just in a, me personally, the one thing I feel like I've preached on this podcast so many times is please find ways to wear your clothes in multiple ways. I, I've, I've said it then and I'll say it again. Wearing your clothes is the most sustainable, well, wearing your clothes multiple ways is the most sustainable thing you can do with your clothing. Point big period. Like buying, you can't buy into sustainability. It's a practice. It's something you have to, you kind of have to, you know, it's a habit, something you have to learn and kind of like inhibiting yourself. So I'm in a space of buying clothing that I know I can wear 
in the next five years. I don't want to buy something and then the next year I hate it. I don't like it. I don't want to either get rid of it. That's the waste of your money. You're not getting your, um, what the girls have been saying this year, your cost per wear. So, um, yeah, that's Tofi for y'all. Another brand um, I feel like should also, I wanted to highlight and I think should get their moment in 2023 is Aquino. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's Aquino. So a lot of y'all have most likely seen this this brand because they um, they're the one that kind of um, I want to say they made it and they kind of get yeah, it did they did I don't know why I even questioned it they um, they're the ones that pretty much um, came up with the this top the sparkly top this tube top that you tie a certain way. But I mostly came to find them when I believe the owner came out with, um, and for those who are watching, you'll be able to see, they came out with this corset um, that is so interesting because I feel like people have been making corsets this year and they've, no, of course it's a corset. Like it's supposed to, you know, cinch you in, snatch you up. But this is more interesting. I want, like, if we're going to, if everyone's going to be making a a corset or a certain piece, Make it interesting. Make it unique to your brand. And they did just that with the lacing detail. I originally saw this corset, I believe, in gray with, is it was it orange or was it lime green? I'm looking at it, but I'm trying to remember how I saw it on TikTok. But I want to say with the lime green um, lacing, so beautiful and it's so cute. Um, yeah. And then also the, I want to say this is, they don't have names on them. They probably do. Okay, let me see. Let me look on the website real quick. Shop. Okay, so for the first thing I mentioned, which is the Kira Chrome Top, we've all seen the Kira Chrome Top on Pinterest. If you've been on Pinterest and you just searched metallic anything, you most likely saw that picture of the Kira Top. And also it's been, you know, it's also been kind of like duped and stuff on AliExpress or whatever. Um, and then for the corset, um, the one I'm referring to is the Aquino corset smokescreen wired. And then the last one, which I was going to mention, um, which is as well a corset. Um, let me find it. Let me find it. So they come in. So are they velvet? It says fur. Lace up back strapless. Okay, it says it's a fur, but what it looks like on picture is like a corset. I mean, I said a corset. Duh. It's a corset. It looks like it's velvet, but um, it comes in two different colors. One color is sot, and then the other color is rose. There was a gray color, but I don't know. It wasn't. It was rose. Rose is the color. just that it was a filter. Sorry, y'all. Um, but it comes in two different colors, which is basically like a smoky black color and then a dusty pink rosy color. Um, and it has this really beautiful draping on the bust. It's just, it's dreamy. It's a, it's for me, that's like a, a really good winter layering piece or just like just to throw on top of something. Cause because it's like furry and it looks warm and cozy. Um, but yeah, I hope to see this brand as well. Another black woman owned brand get its dues, its recognition in the new year. Um, my goal, honestly, with all the brands I'm, I'm mentioning is at least purchase one thing and, you know, make either style videos or just talk about them a little bit more. Um, and then the last one I want to cover is, Con- is it Conad? Conade? I want to say it's Conad. 
Conade or Conade. I hate mispronouncing names and brands because I don't, I won't say I have a hard name to pronounce, but I hate when people mis, um, mispronounce my name. But I mentioned this brand. If you follow me on TikTok, I did for um, Black Business Month, I did like a 30 day thing where I just basically highlighted one designer or a black owned brand or black owned fashion brand a day. And Conad was one of the brands that I highlighted. And this brand is from South Africa. Um, there's this top that they have that I'm obsessed with. It's called the Contour Tube Top. I, like this is why I said like the the black owned brands that I mentioned just need that recognition because like I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have would have never well not let me say not never because you know there's people who clearly saw the brand. The brand has a really nice following on Instagram um, so far, but um, I feel like if I didn't mention it on TikTok, there's a large number of people who had never known. Of the brand, um, and but I still feel like it still needs its dues. Just how they go about. I love when you can see. I feel like I just cut myself off. Um, I love when you can see architecture within fashion, and I love when a designer is able to have very architectural designs within their pieces, and that's what that top does for me, and that's why I need it. Yeah, I need it like real bad. Um, not only just that, but just other, like the jacket, there's a beautiful jacket that they did. They also took that same concept with a tube top and they put it in a dress, like, uh, like that, the dress specifically, like I've been looking for like that, you know, (laughs) um, you know, summer, I don't know how to put this into the right words, but I've been looking, y'all know how like we all love a good summer dress. Like that's like baggy and flowy and you know comfortable, but it still gives you. It doesn't make you feel like you're you're taken away from your sense of style. That's what that dress kind of does for me because I feel like a lot of the times, like the things that are in the market, it's just like okay, this is just a basic. Like you know, and I love basics as y'all can see. I'm I'm wearing basic. I'm just wearing a top and some and some sweats and um my my trusty Uggs. This is not sponsored, y'all. I promise y'all, it's not sponsored. But yeah, but, you know, I still feel like, and that's also because I'm in the house, but anyways, um, but I still feel like when it comes to basics, we should be using them as like building blocks to our sense of style and not necessarily um, just plain Jane, you know, like have some fun, you know, like, and not to say that you can't be plain Jane, but like, it's not every day, like it's not every day. Some days, you know, we can have a little fun with our sense of style. And um, I love how like that that dress is kind of like a dressier version of a basic. Um, so yeah, those are my top three. And I hope that y'all look into it. As I said, names will be on the screen, y'all. Please go, just go and look. I'm not saying y'all got to go buy it. Nothing. Just just to give it a look. Give it a follow. Do something. Something, you know? Um, but yeah, those are my top three for Black Women Brands. And of course, there will be more because I feel like with in the last two years, um, a lot of people in general have been extremely inspired and pushed to just go ahead and just do what they want and do what what's in their heart to do. And I a lot of a lot of beautiful things have came out of that. Like Tofe um, was actually a brand that was born during the pandemic. Um, I don't know about the other brands that I mentioned, but I know Too Faced because that's how I found out about Too Faced was because it was debuting during the pandemic. And yeah, and 
I feel like with all this been happening worldly, it's just pushing more people to just do what they want to do and do what they, you know, do what they know best, you know? So more of that in 2023. And just to kind of, well, last segment, first of all, last segment of this episode and just to kind of wrap up the year, I guess, it wouldn't be me personally, not just Lex and Odie, just Odie as a person, if I didn't talk about fashion trends that I love this year. Like, that's just my thing. One thing about me on this channel, I'm always going to be pro fashion trends because I feel like people have such a bad association with trends. Um, And it's because we look at trends as a means of like keeping up with the Joneses, like, and trying to be ahead of people when it's, that's not what it's about. Like, y'all, like who y'all competing with? Be so for real. You should only really be competing with yourself, but like who y'all really competing with? This is not high school. <laughs> Cause that's also another thing too. Fashion trend, a lot of times trends tend for me, at one point they used to trigger me because it reminded me of high school and, you know, growing up and not being able to afford things that people, you know, everyone was able to get during those times. But when you know, you grow up eventually and you you look at things differently. And for me now, fashion trends are just a way of kind of challenging yourself and your personal style because I feel like just as we're adapting as people mentally, emotionally, et cetera, we should be adapting our personal styles the same way. And I feel like trends do that for us. Like, you know, with everything in the market, you don't have to consume everything. Take what's meant for you and what aligns with your personal style and just adapt it in that way. So that's what I'm always going to be about on this on this channel, on this platform is that, you know, trends are meant to challenge you and make you explore and not make you feel like you got to compete with the masses because you're not competing with nobody. But anyways, y'all. Um, so for the, and no, and this is in no particular order. Um, my favorite fashion trends or maybe they were trends and they weren't just things that I noticed within, you know, people's personal styles and just things I noticed in the media to start off. The baggy pants pointed heel combo. I don't know who started that, but y'all ate that real bad. Like y'all ate that really, really bad. I don't know what it is about the girls having like really, really, really baggy pants. Somehow y'all figure out how to make it fit you in the waist. And I think it's for the girls who know to take your pieces to the goddamn tailor, to the goddamn dry cleaners and fit you right. Have a little slouch in the waist, you know, and then the, and then I love when the heels, I'm sorry, I love when the pants cover the heels, so all you see is just the, the little triangle, y'all ate that, I don't know who came up with that, and I want to try that, but when you're tall, and when you're kind of taller and like thick, it's not, I'm not saying it's hard, but it's not as easy as most are able to do, you know, so, but whoever came up with that, y'all ate that, y'all ate that real bad, like, what a combo, you know? Um, second, and like I said, no particular order. Um, I, and I'm giving a lot of these like kind of like titles, but clothes not having a season. Um, and I'm so happy this became a thing because like at first I was like, why are y'all wearing cowboy boots in the in the dead hot of the summer? But I'm just like, who am I to judge anybody about what they're wearing? Like let people be. But it also it, it it woke something in me and made me realize like, okay. Who said that we have to wear particular things in particular seasons? Best example, and this this is also it's, it's a recent example. Aaliyah's is her name Aaliyah's interlude. 
Yeah, it's a, I believe it's Aaliyah's interlude. She, the girls were trying to eat her up on Twitter because she was in Jamaica with a bathing suit and um, moon boots and um, those earmuffs on. And I was like, and when she said it was camp, it was camp. It was camp, y'all. It was camp. Like, the girls, like, really get it, get it. Like, I'm sorry she ate that. Like, that's not even my, like, and it doesn't, this is another thing, too. Just because something isn't within your realm of, like, styling or whatever, or your aesthetic, y'all, at this point, let go of those goddamn aesthetics, doesn't mean that it's not gonna, it's, it's not a serve. Like, it was, she ate that. Like, I don't even want to continue on. Like, she ate that. Like, and... Because seeing stuff like that made me realize, like, you don't have to wear certain things in certain seasons and certain places. And no, like, if that's your sense of style and you and you put that, you really put that shit on. Who's anybody to tell y'all otherwise? Like, you know. So, but I really love that that became a thing because I also think it helps people as well understand um, how to go about purchasing things and what's and thinking about clothing from a longevity standpoint and how to really like adopt. Um, yeah, adopt like really strong pieces in our closet. So I'm happy that became a thing. And it kind of also kind of ties into just this, this whole podcast and everything I've been preaching and teaching on here. Um, next is, I didn't know how to title this one, but like I called it material on material because I didn't want to say denim on denim and leather on leather. I didn't want to say that. Um, this was actually uh, one of these magazines are, or publications I read, they put this on their list. But I personally love that we brought back denim on denim and we added leather on leather um, because it was just it's it's very like I don't want to say it's classy, but like it's just clean. It's, it has it's like clean girl aesthetic, but still make it fun. Like because like a lot of times when y'all be giving these little titles to things, I'm just like, hang it up flat screen like enough. Like not everything got to have a freaking title or name or aesthetic. y'all got to name everything with an aesthetic. Please leave it alone. Like I don't. A lot of times, like, the things that you guys, a lot of people, the majority puts titles on, it was already done. It didn't need a name. Leave it alone. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm ranting. But um, I really, 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 really love the denim on denim. Of course, it it, it gives you that 90s feel, Sade, you know. Um, I'm here for the, I was here for the leather on leather. Not going to hold y'all. Like, y'all ate that. Y'all really did. Y'all ate that really bad. I love that. Like, and then also just putting like other patterns on patterns and not feeling like you had to just do monochrome. Cause I feel like, what was it? 20, between 2017 to 2019, like the amount of like monochromes we saw like <laughs> every fall or winter, like it was getting tired. Y'all needed something new. And I'm so happy that became a thing. Um, next, uh, I don't want this to sound this way, but it just it was catchy, it was cheesy, but making Uggs cool again. Um, because uh, as someone who my parents couldn't really afford Uggs when we were younger, and now I'm over here wearing Uggs as as a house slipper. Um, uh, I really hated how they they used to look. It was so it was honestly ugly. I don't know where the name Uggs came from, but Uggs really used to be ugly, and that's why I said they had the best rebrand. Because have y'all seen? The new stuff that they've came out with, it's like the stuff I'm, I'm wearing in the house ain't even compared to what's actually on the market right now. Uggs is doing the goddamn thing. Like, what a rebrand. I, what a rebrand. If they could win an award, I really would love to see. I would really would love to see it. It was such a good rebrand. Um, and I, I, a part of me wants thinks like, did I not like Uggs because they were ugly or because I couldn't afford it? 
honestly, it was kind of both. Because them Uggs used to be ugly, y'all. I'm sorry. They used to be ugly. Um, but it's okay because, like, the person, the people that are, once I realized who all is, like, on these teams and working working behind the scenes, oh, Uggs is doing such a beautiful job. I love, I love that for Uggs so much. Like, I'm so happy that, you know, it became a thing again. And I'll be honest with y'all, like, I will say it's time to hang up those Tasmas. The the no sorry not the Tasmas, hang up the chestnut platforms. Like we get it, y'all loved it up, y'all ate it up when Bella Hadid wore it with the freaking slouchy socks. But like Uggs has other styles, y'all. Please just go on the website and look. And like they have a lot of things on sale all the time. So please like pick something else. Like just pick something else. Pick something else. Um, and last one, it kind of goes back to the whole Chopa skirt thing. Mini skirts for all. Like, um, so one of my hobbies that I really wanted to hone in and learn this year was sewing. And what I've mostly been doing is like upcycle sewing. I haven't really cut and sewed. I've had my attempts at cut and sew, but I'm not the greatest. And I still have some more learning to do in the in that area. But basically what I decided to do was I um you know, went thrifting with my friend and I decided to take pieces that I've thrifted and make them into something else. And the last couple of times I have I have done that, I made mini skirts. I really was gonna give up on the mini skirt trend because I felt like it's just too much back there for me to <laughs> for me to attempt to wear a mini skirt. So that's why I was just like, I'm not about to one thing about me, I prioritize comfort sometimes over style. So if I feel like I'm comfortable in something, I'm not gonna wear it. I'm not even gonna hop in on the trend because it's not that's just something telling me it's not meant for me. And that is okay. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that not only was I able to find my own personal way in wearing mini skirts, but I'm also happy that a lot of brands have figured out a way to, you know, kind of give a style guide to wearing a mini skirt for your body type because it's not just only the pencils mini skirts, y'all. Please, please look out in the market and see what's there. You have the flare, you have the tennis, like there's so many other options. Like please pick something else. For the love of God. Um, but yeah, that's that's that for the trends. I would do predictions, but honestly, I personally just... I like to see how things play out. I don't want to put something out there and, of course, it's not going to happen. And there's literally people who do this for a living. Trend, trend reporters. Actual trend reporters. Not the ones you see on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's been a couple predictions that I've seen. I think that are really good but me personally what I if there is anything that I really do want to see it's kind of a sense of individual individualism but only for personal style we already have enough going on in society that we don't need any more individualism from people to people but from personal style I do think there needs to be a sense of individuality um and I don't say that to say that everyone needs to be like I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like there was a conversation about this on TikTok and um, it was interesting, but it was just, it was just, it just didn't feel right. But what I mean by that is that I feel like in the last couple of years, it kind of had started to feel like a a uniform. Um, And I want us to move away from uniforms and actually learning our personal style. There we go. Um, I think once we are able to, this is another thing I've been preaching on here of all 12 episodes. Um, I think once we're able to sit and really analyze ourselves and exude that in our clothing, we'll, we'll have less of this copy and paste feel that we're having amongst ourselves. 
and actually figure out what works for us because there's so much out there. I think what it is is just the information and people just taking the time to just learn themselves a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I would definitely love to see that little sense of individualism amongst um, each other. Um, and I can even say that for myself. I'm even even though I feel like sometimes I do have moments where it's like, okay, it does feel like, okay, you've clearly seen, you've seen this before. But it's also times I'm like, okay, I want to just, I'm not trying to be different. But there are moments where I feel like I don't want to feel like this is just something else, you know. But I also want it to feel like me because there's also you can also tell when someone is like forcefully trying to be different. And that's not what I'm saying when I'm saying individualism. I'm saying learning yourself. And if it does look like, you know, a uniform or it does feel like everybody else, that's okay. But at least you know what works for you. Um, But that's. That's the recap, y'all. Hopefully I covered what I felt was relevant to the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is uh this is basically how I'm looking into moving forward with this po- podcast is more visuals, of course. Um more more fun segments and of course more people because it's literally just me i'm just sitting here this isn't how i usually look when i'm recording these episodes it's i'm literally recording them in like in the dead middle of the night and i'm sitting like laying on the bed like this <laughs> with my mic and talking to y'all but um i'm moving forward i do want to have more visual components to the podcast and i definitely want to have more people i think it's time i've actually been asked i, I had one person actually email me and asked, um, oh, are you looking to add more people, a host or co-host or guests? And I was like, yeah, but not right now. Because <laughs> like, I feel like it just would be unfair for me to bring on people. And it's, there's just, I haven't really honed in on what Section OD really, really is as a podcast, as a, as a platform, as everything. So, um, yeah, y'all, this, is, this was season one. <laughs> um, and I'm excited for season two. I'm excited for a new look a new style, a new cut, a new color. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot I got y'all. Um, I'm, I'm excited and, um, I hope you guys are excited too. And as always, I'll see y'all in the next one.